coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. What is your current morning routine? You might say, oh, I don't have a routine. I just get up. Just getting up is a routine. Not brushing your teeth is a routine. Hitting the alarm clock 17 times, snooze, is a routine. Being angry is a routine. Do you want to learn the tricks the top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help. Lead to Succeed picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, episode 24. This episode's interesting fact is 2017 will mark the first time that digital ad spending surpasses TV ad spending. According to eMarketer, TV ad spending will total $72 billion, while digital ad spending will climb to over $77 billion. Our guest today got into the marketing space at just the right time and has since become a leader in the field. Today, we have a pleasure of speaking to Joe Affelbaum. Joe is a business strategist, marketing expert, certified Google trainer, and most importantly, CEO of Ajax Union, a B2B digital marketing agency based in Brooklyn, New York. Joe enjoys speaking and writing about marketing, business, networking, and personal development in the seminars, webinars, and articles. Joe is the host of the popular podcast, The Breakthrough Maze, Inc. 5000 podcast, and CEO Mojo. He is the producer of GrowTime.tv and has published over 500 motivational street talk videos on YouTube. Joe is proud of all of his accomplishments, but most of all, he is proud of his purpose, his beautiful, amazing kids. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. It's my pleasure and really, really an honor for me. I've gotten a chance to see your work on LinkedIn and other places. And, you know, I know you're going to have a lot to share with us today and tremendous value for our listeners. So let's take a look right away at not just specifically to your bio, but I think everything that I mentioned indicates one thing to me first and foremost, and that you're an achiever. Now, for people who are high achievers, and I'd like to think of myself as being somewhere in that general space as well, uh, I know that a lot of their success lies in the background as in how they prepare. You know, what are the things that they do in order to be able that during their workday, however that's defined, to get the most out of it and achieve great results? So I want to jump in to something I usually ask on the back end of a conversation. But for you, I think this is a great way to start, at least for me. And that is, how do you prep for your day, Joe? And what specifically are your morning rituals? So now the question is, what does it mean to prep for your day? And what does it mean to have a morning ritual? So if I I used to think that getting up in the morning meant getting up as late as possible, hitting the snooze button, and then as late as possible, jumping out of bed because I used to be up till three in the morning. And after I read this book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, I completely changed my routine because I believed that I was a night person. And that's just how I was. That's what my mother taught me. She's a night person. And when I changed it, I realized that my morning routine doesn't start in the morning. My morning routine starts the night before. And so when I'm writing up my morning routine, I write up, what am I going to do an hour before I go to sleep in order to put myself in a place where I'm going to be able to sleep in a state of gratitude, in a state of freedom, in a state of appreciation, in a state of power so that I don't need an alarm clock when I get up. I know exactly how many hours I need. I haven't set an intention of when I'm going to get up. And this morning I was up at 3.30. 
I was extremely motivated and excited because I knew the three things I had to do in the morning that were the most important things. I jumped out of bed. I put on my exercise gear. I went downstairs. I did my gratitude. I did my meditation. I drank my water. I had my apple cider vinegar. I got into the zone. I did creative work. I read. There's a list of very specific things that I programmed myself to do over time. After I did that, reviewed my calendar with my admin. Unfortunately, she was having a little bit of a breakdown, but because I had my essential oil machine behind me going, I had the peppermint. It allowed me to be awake enough and feel amazing enough to give her tremendous amount of, of energy that she needed because she was having something really bad going on in her life. And I gave her what she needed and then I let her go. And that freed up a bunch of time for me to be able to do a bunch of other creative things. I did an infographic for my goals course that I'm producing and I got to really spend some amazing time at it. I wrote an article and I prayed and I worked out and I spent time with my children. I went to wake them up because everybody's sleeping and if I don't wake them up, they're going to be late to school. And I did all those things before 8 a.m., and I just like, when people get up and they come to see me and it's like nine o'clock and they're like, you look like you've been up all day. I was like, I didn't always, I wasn't always this way. I used to get up at 9.30, 9.45 as late as possible, roll into the office late and expect the employees to be there on time. And now I'm completely changed. Now I'm the first person that comes in. I'm the first person sending out emails at five in the morning. Another ritual that I recently started is, have you ever heard of The Secret? No, go ahead. So The Secret is a Netflix documentary, which is about 90 minutes long or so. So I started listening to that um, as part of my morning ritual. So I, I only spend about five or 10 minutes listening to it and I take notes, but it's so pungent with so many amazing tips that it's just powerful to listen to that and write down the things that that I, I need to do from listening to that. So if you don't write it down, it doesn't really stick in your head as much. So I'm I'm benefiting from writing it down. So this morning I wrote down, focus on what you appreciate about the other person. You can turn that relationship around no matter where that relationship is. Write down all the things you appreciate about them. When you focus on appreciating and acknowledging their strengths, the problems fade away. We create our own happiness with the law of attraction. And I could keep reading about what I wrote, but that's basically the the in a nutshell what I did this morning. Unbelievable. You know, I here I am thinking that I did a great job myself getting up at 5.20, doing my exercise routine, followed by my own prayer service, and kind of getting my day off at an earlier point than I had ever really started before. On rare occasion, of course, if I'm traveling or something, I'll get up really early. But it used to be I would get up at about 6 and, you know, start with prayer and, and kind of work exercise in if I did it at all. And uh, living with more intention is something I've been trying to do as well. But you really are raising a very high bar, Joe. And that's fantastic. So I want to get a little bit more into one thing in particular, which I guess would be sort of the back end, because you talked about the night before and getting clear about what you want to accomplish. I know in our conversations, we've talked about goal setting. And I think that that's a primary focus of that webinar that you are talking about, though, in full disclosure, we're recording this in late December and it won't be released until the early, uh, the first quarter of, of uh, 2018. So I think that that program will have already launched. But the point is we talked about goal setting is really, really critical in leaders in particular achieving their goals, but frankly, for everybody. And so if you could take us a little bit further and behind the curtain, why do you think goal setting really is so critical? And what would be an example, other than what you've already shared perhaps, of effective goal setting and making a huge difference in either your life or the life in someone you serve? 
there are different stages that people are in their life. And there, if you take a look at the different stages that I've been researching based on the people that I've been coaching, the people that I've been speaking to, my employees, the people on the bottom, they're struggling. Oftentimes, they're doing less than 100K a year in revenue or they're making less than 100K in their job. And they're just stuck because they can't decide. And for those people that just can't decide, the answer for them is they need awareness. They need to take time to reflect about what they want. But oftentimes, they're so in their head, they're almost dead. And so those people are just kind of stuck. And for those people, they have to read, they have to get a mentor, they have to get a coach, they have to really, really look and reflect into what's going on. The second stage of people that I see is those people are surviving and they're getting random results. They kind of know what they want and they're very in their head. And a lot of people are there. A lot, Not most people, most people are stuck, but a lot of people are just in their head. And what they lack is a clear strategy because they don't take the time. They say you could either work in your business or on your business. So if you're a business leader, you got to get out of your mind. You can't be in your mind. They say, think out of the box. Don't think out of the box. Be out of your mind. But people say, Joe, it's crazy to be out of your mind. And I say, yeah, exactly. It's crazy to have amazing results. So stage number two is the people that are surviving. Typically, those people are doing under a million in revenue. They're 100K to a million in revenue if they have a business. And they're, they're surviving. They're getting by, but they're surviving. They're missing strategy. They need to get clear on what they want. They got to write it down. They got to break it down. And they got to learn how to be more strategic or hang out with somebody that can help them be more strategic. And then the third step are the people that on paper, they have everything written down. They're doing well. They're pushing a million to five million in revenue, but they don't really have a lot of follow through. Oftentimes they have something people call attention deficit disorder or whatever, and they're, they have a lack of accountability. They need accountability. Their key to success is accountability. So they need to discover their values. And the reason oftentimes that people are not accountable is because they don't have a very strong why. They don't not in tune with their vision. They haven't taken the time to discover their values and they haven't set the right goals for them to want to be accountable. Because ultimately, if you don't want it, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it if you don't want it. You have to want it. And then the last step is the people on top. Those are the people that are over 5 million in revenue. They're wow. They're bam. They're taking action. They're getting things done. And for them, the next level is teaching, mentoring others to fulfill their purpose. And I speak to a lot of people on that level and they're like, dude, I made it already. What's next? And they get bored because they just, anything that they want, they can have because they mastered goal setting. And for them, if they really want to take it to the next level, they need to start teaching. Wow. What a beautiful summary there. And I think this is something that you teach uh, more in depth. And certainly we're going to give you an opportunity or give our listeners an opportunity to learn how they can connect with you and uh, and really go deeper on those points. And I would love to spend some time with it. But one thing certainly that jumped out at me, Joe, as you were talking, is the idea that no matter what stage you are, and however you define stages, whether it be your definition or others, there's always more learning to do. There's always something else to achieve. And sometimes we have this mindset that if I can only be like X, whoever that X might be and live with that type of home, that type of car, that type of lifestyle, I will have arrived. And I think that that for many people is a false illusion because there's never really, our, our, I think our minds are wired in a way where we always want to be able to achieve more, whether that's in terms of learning and our spiritual growth, whether that's in our relationships, whether it's building you know, another business, or as you talked about mentoring and teaching others, there's always something beyond. And I think that what we have to do is condition ourselves to yes, to grow and yes, to want to achieve more things, but also to be mindful of the fact that really that learning and that growth is never going to end. Is that something you would agree with? 
Yeah, well, there are, there are six basic human needs that human beings have. Really three, but broken into six. And that's the, the first need is like security or adventure. The second need is feeling important and connecting with other people. At the same time, they're kind of opposites. And then the last two are more spiritual needs, which you, you alluded to, progress. People think that they're going to be happy when they have something. You're not going to be happy when you have something. You're going to be happy when you have progress in your life. And part of progress is also contribution being able to give to other people. The happiest moments that I have in my life is when I was able to provide for somebody else. I was recently coaching somebody and they said, Joe, you 10X my personal income. I lost 40 pounds and I have the best relationship with my wife that I've ever had in my life and I never thought was possible because I thought we were opposites. And that made me feel so good in the depth and the depth of my heart and my soul. I can do that for somebody else? Wow, the change that I can have in somebody's life from going from a person who's doing five figures to multiple six figures and feeling amazing in his relationship and having time. And he's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? I'm coaching him for a year. I said, next is you handing the baton to somebody else. Next is you being that leader, you coaching, you giving what you know to other people. He's like, I'm not ready. I don't know enough. I'm like, you don't know enough? Look at your transformation in the past year. I used to say, I don't know enough. I used to be shy to write, to speak in public, to put myself on social media. And I said, how dear, how dear do I keep those things to myself? I don't have the right to keep those secrets to myself. You learn the secret to success, to fulfillment, to goal attainment, and then you keep it to yourself. That's a waste of learning. Absolutely. And I love this because not only are those great results, those are really, really awesome results and congratulations to you for achieving it. And I'm sure you've done it for others as well. But I'm hearing the beauty of paying it forward. But there's something else here. So paying it forward by itself, I think, is fantastic because oftentimes, you know, we receive, whether it's directly or indirectly, inspiration, ideas, things from other people. And uh, maybe we're so focused on our own growth that we tend to forget that other people need it even more than we do. And we have a responsibility to take what we've learned and take what we've accomplished and try to make a difference in somebody else's life. But the piece that I suspect, and you hit on it like squarely, which was fantastic, that often may get in somebody's way. It's not that people aren't necessarily generous, but they have this false sense of inner belief, this false sense of what I can accomplish and what I genuinely know. And we're waiting for that moment of perfection. We feel like maybe when we arrive, whatever that might look like, at that point, I can start to share and give and teach. But we may or may not ever get there. And even if we do, why not give people the benefit of what we know today? Is that what you're saying? Why not give people the benefit of what we know today? Everybody has something to share. Every single human being has something to share. And even if you're just literally one chapter ahead of the other person, you can help them. So if you don't consider yourself an expert, fine, because the more you know, the more you know how much you don't know, right? They say the person who doesn't know everything doesn't know anything about it. Like, for example, when it comes to digital marketing strategy, we have this product called B2BX. Ajax Union offers digital marketing strategy by educating marketing directors. And one of the great things about our process is that oftentimes people don't even know that they need to see an ROI. They don't even know what they don't know about it. And if they don't even know that they need it, then they're not the most ideal client for us. The best client is that they know that they need it, but they know that there's more to know. So once you know a little bit, you know how much there is to know. And then suddenly you start feeling like, I don't know anything. But when, you know, when I used to teach search engine optimization at seminars, I would say, okay, who here knows the basics of SEO? And most of the room 
raise their hand. And I said, who's an expert? Who's an SEO expert? Nobody would ever raise their hand. And there were some experts in the room that I thought were experts that I personally invited so that they can tell me on what par I am because people call me an expert. I want to bring another expert that I believe knows it better than me. And they're like, dude, you're a real expert. And a real expert saying that I'm a real expert makes me feel like, wow, you know, I really do know my stuff. But they didn't even raise their hand. I know they're an expert, but they're not willing to raise their hand. And, you know, so ultimately everybody can learn more, but the more you know, the more you know you don't know. So just find somebody that was where you were. I talked about the different levels of goal setting, right? I spoke briefly about those levels. And if you just want to teach somebody how to set goals, that's fine. You could teach somebody how to set goals. Maybe you used to be stuck and now you have random results. Maybe you used to not be able to decide and now you kind of know, but it's in your head. Maybe you're at the level of it's in your head, you kind of know, and maybe you figured out how to put it on paper, but you have no follow through. You can teach somebody that kind of knows and they're in their head how to get to that stage. Or you can teach somebody that can't decide and is stuck and they're struggling under 100K in revenue. You could teach them how to get to the million dollar mark. I'm friends with so many people that are between a million and five million. They're in the on paper, no follow through, lack of accountability. And they can't get past the $5 million mark because they don't have that accountability. And they don't realize that sometimes by teaching other people about strategy or about awareness, they can get that accountability because then they start seeing, wow, I have to be responsible for other people. I got to learn more. I got to learn more. And eventually they get into takes action and gets things done. They learn about how to perform. And, and, and ultimately goal setting, back to your original question about how to set goals, there's a three-step process of setting goals. And oftentimes people only go through one step and that's why they fail. I'm doing a webinar about this today. So, uh, you know, I'm, the people listening to this, is gonna, the webinar is already going to pass, but I'm going to do it again in the future. So if you go to joeapplebaum.com slash goals, you can sign up for the webinar and I'm going to have them in the future as well. But the reality is people often just plan. And if you just plan, you're going to fail because if you're not planning on top of purpose, and we spoke about understanding your values, your issues, your vision, which includes your strengths, your passions, your agreements, your experiences, your opportunities, your frustrations, commitments, what your ideal day looks like. You know, before I did my morning routine, I gave you a play-by-play on my morning routine, right? Before I did that, I never even stopped to ask myself, what does my morning routine look like? Anybody listening to this, I have a question for you. Think about this in your head. What is your current morning routine? You might say, oh, I don't have a routine. I just get up. Just getting up is a routine. Not brushing your teeth is a routine. Hitting the alarm clock 17 times, snooze, is a routine. Being angry is a routine. Now, if you don't even know that that's a routine, there's no way you're going to succeed. There's no way you're going to get to the third stage, which is performing, because you're not going to have a proactive schedule. You're not going to know how to concentrate and focus on the most important things, and you're certainly not going to have accountability. So the three steps are purpose, planning, and performing, not just planning. You got to have a foundation before you start planning. You got to know what you're planning towards. You got to have a strong purpose with values and issues and vision. And this is exactly what I teach people because I learned that. And do I have more to learn? Of course. There's so many more people that I know that are much smarter than me, that are much further along than me. But I know that where I am right now, I have something of value to give people. And because I know that I have something of value, I'm going to share. And that's how I'm going to get to the next level. Unbelievable. There's so much there and the passion in your in your voice is just resonating through our conversation. Let me ask you a question, Joe. Uh, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to un 
I'm sort of going to lift the curtain a little bit in my own background and remind everyone that my background is from edu- you know the educational space. I was a teacher for many years and a principal. And the reason I mention this is because, first of all, I write in my book, Becoming the New Boss, about how every workplace needs to not only be a learning environment, but really needs to be a teaching environment. Because as a former teacher, I know that my own clarity, my own sense of direction, what was really important, making those critical determinations emerged from prepping myself for how am I going to teach this effectively to somebody else? And then, of course, going through the teaching process and learning, you know, what went well, what didn't, all those kinds of things and being mindful. And so coming back to that point, about encouraging people, all of us, to share what we know with others, even if we don't feel ourselves to be you know, completely ready, the very action of teaching somebody else, as you articulated beautifully, Joe, is something that's going to move you forward. It's something that's going to give you added depth and added clarity. And like you talked about, it's going to add to your level of accountability. So of all the things you said, that one might have resonated the most with me. But either way, there was so much gold here, and I'd love to mine it further. But I I think that there's something that I'd like to hit on because I, I suspect that people who are listening to you feel that you are super organized, you have super clarity in terms of what you're trying to accomplish, and that this is something maybe that comes naturally to you, that you're just one of those people who, uh, you know, everything sort of organizes very well for you. Your mind compartmentalizes properly. You've got clarity of vision, all these kinds of things. And you do without question. But you also shared with me, and you alluded to this before, that you personally suffer from, I don't know if this was diagnosed or you were mentioning this in, in jest, but some form of ADD, meaning to say that distractibility is part of your profile, part of your reality. And yet you have learned to use it to your advantage. And I'm fascinated by this because I, as I mentioned before, as a former classroom teacher, you know, we often think of the kids with ADD or the kids with certain types of diagnoses. They need medication because they need to fit into our box. But the reality is many of those kids turn out to be incredible achievers in life because life plays by a different set of rules. And so what I'm wondering from you is, Uh, What advice could you give, Joe, to our listeners who struggle with attention, uh, who sort of are all over the place with their ideas, they really want to accomplish a lot, but they can't stay focused enough to drive through and accomplish what they want to achieve? Any particular strategy that you could share with us would be great in order to help people achieve those most important tasks and projects. Absolutely. Every problem that every human being has, there is a book for that. I know we're going to get into books later. I used to not read. And, you know, one time my mother, you know, I complained to my mother. I was 17 years old. I said, Ma, I went to yeshiva and now I'm going to be broke because I don't know how to make money. And I don't know, I don't have any degree. And I tried to go to uh, a college or whatever. And they said, you got to go and prove you had a high school degree. And my school was a little dysfunctional with that. And I didn't. So I was like, I'm not going to be able to amount to anything. I'm going to suffer my entire life because you never sent me to a normal school. And she was really, really sad that I said that. Really sad. And um, I feel bad that I made her sad. But the reality was, she didn't have the tools to teach me. So what she did was, she drove me to the library. And she said, read. I get so emotional when I talk about this. She said, read. And I started reading. And I learned everything I know from reading. 
<sighs> so I get very emotional here. So let me, let me read you from a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And by the way, vulnerability is power. Power, the fact that I can do that, that I can go there, for me, is so powerful. The fact that my eyes can get teared up and my throat can get locked up and I could be on a podcast where thousands of people will hear this and I'm proud of it. Powerful. It's one of the most powerful skills that I've learned in 2017. I'm going to read from David Allen's book. I'm going to read two sentences. You already know how to focus, how to write things down, how to decide outcomes and actions and how to review options and then make choices. You'll validate that many of things you've been doing instinctively and intuitively were all right. The things that you've been doing already in your life to get you where you are, it's because what? It's because they just happen because you're an unorganized person? Your brain already knows how to organize, but the fact that I used to tell myself, Joe, you're an unorganized person, would give me the excuse not to spend the time, not to spend the focus, not to spend the energy to actually be organized. See, being organized is something that you can just be if you decide to put time into it and you learn the strategy of how to organize. Most people don't do that. Most people just say, I don't really have time to organize. You don't have time? You have plenty of time. Dude, you have the same much time as Bill Gates, as Warren Buffett, as all the other people that are billionaires. You have the same 24 hours in the day. You know what you don't have? You don't have priorities. That's your problem. You got plenty of time. If you don't make organizing your priority, you'll never get organized. And you know what one CEO recently told me? And I used to say the same thing. You know what he said? He said, Joe, I'm afraid that if I become organized, I will no longer be creative. I literally said that to my coach a few years back. I had those words. And what my coach told me, that creativity thrives within confinement. When you confine, when you create constrictions to your creativity, your creativity needs to thrive, needs to go to a whole new level. When you say, oh, you got unlimited money, unlimited resources, you don't need to be resourceful. You could throw money at it. Money could fix most problems. Just throw more money at it. What do you think that billionaire I was having a conversation with the other week? He's like, I'm on my fifth marriage. I was like, what happened to the other four? He's like, oh, I don't want to tell you. They were all the same. I married one. I married the other. I married the other. They're all the same. I said, what do you mean they're all the same? They're all, you know, bleep, 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 bleep. And I was like, what do they all have in common? Oh, I can list off 20, 30 things they all have in common. Bleep, 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 bleep. I was like, you don't realize that you're the one that they all have in common? Nice. You're the one that they all have. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you've been throwing money at it. You've been throwing money at it. You don't have to be creative. You don't have to be resourceful. You don't have to look inside. Look inside. Look inside. Look inside your inners and see what's there. And for me, I was never diagnosed with attention deficit disorder. My wife diagnosed me. She said, Joe, <laughs> you have ADD. And I said, you know what I said? I said, honey, I know I have attention deficit. You don't give me enough attention. So I'm going to start doing podcasts and Facebook Live and stand-up comedy and all this other stuff to be able to get more attention. I have an attention issue, but I also have a hyper-focus strength. Every strength a human being has comes with a weakness. So if you're a super, super great activator, which I am, 
you're not a great achiever, which I hire. If you're super, super strategic, which I am, you're not going to be super, super detail-oriented and making sure that you dot all the T's and you cross all the I's, which is something I would do. That's why my grammar always gets checked. I dot the wrong things and I cross the wrong things. That's what I do because I'm looking at futuristic. It's another strength that I have. And I'm competitive and I'm an ideator. And these are not strengths that I was born with. These are strengths that I develop by focusing on them. There are 34 basic human strengths. Are you familiar with Strength Finder 2.0? Absolutely. I have a copy right next to me. So if you pull out Strength Finder, you'll notice that there are 34. And out of those 34, every human being has five that are predominantly their top strengths at any given time in their life. And it changes over time, depending on what you focus on. It changes over time. Mine changed over time. I, be- I went from a maximizer to an ideator. But ultimately, you still are somewhere in that range. And depending where you are, you can't maximize your strengths. You can't know your weaknesses unless you know your strengths. But people are so focused on their weaknesses, they don't have time to develop their strengths. They don't have time to focus on their strengths. I say focus on your strengths. Double down on your strengths and hire to solve your weaknesses. Hire to somebody else to pick up the slack. That's what I tell people. So in terms of ADD, if you feel like you can't focus, learn to focus. Get a coach. Read David Allen's book, Getting Things Done. The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. Amazing book. Awesome. But I didn't just read it. I studied it. So it's a very big difference between reading and studying. And that's something else I had to learn. But Wow. Yeah. I could be here all day talking to you Absolutely. There's a lot in that answer. Uh, One thing in particular that I heard, you didn't use quite this language, uh, but it was definitely something that resonated with me, is the idea that you need to engage in what's called a growth mindset. Meaning to say that even if you feel that you are framed in a particular way, that you see yourself in a particular way, ultimately there is the opportunity for growth and change. And too often we let the labels, whether they're labels that we get in school, labels we get from our spouses or for people we work with, it doesn't matter. Labels that we, that we self-apply. We can say, you know, I'm just not, you know, I just used this term the other day when in an educational setting, I'm not a math guy. And I think we could say that about almost anything that, you know, it's not my strength. Now, obviously, like you talked about, you could hire for your weakness. You can certainly outsource certain things that you just don't feel that you're really great at. But the main thing is not to use it as a crutch, use it as something to acknowledge. And ultimately, if you need to bring in other people to help round out the picture, that's fine. But don't let yourself get labeled and to the point where you get stuck behind that sense of limitation and don't push yourself forward. So to me, there've been tremendous takeaways from everything we've talked about, but that one in particular resonated because I feel all of us in some way get stuck, whether it's my sense that I'm not good at technology, I don't really understand how to utilize social media or marketing to, you know, to my advantage and on and on. And that doesn't mean we don't have things to learn from other people, but if we shut ourselves down and say, I just can't be that person, then obviously we'll never get there. And so keeping an open mind, being growth oriented, looking at challenges, reading books, finding other resources, and pushing yourself to becoming a better person and a better leader than you were yesterday, that I think is really what this journey is all about. And so I'm like super excited, you know, internally, I'm, I'm, I'm really supercharged by everything that you shared, Joe. And at this point, I'd like to lift the curtain a little bit more. You've given us so much already. 
Uh, but since you talked about books in our rapid fire segment, I'd like to ask you first and foremost, what is the book that you gift most often? Getting Things Done by David Allen. It really depends on what the person needs. So if the person needs a morning routine, I say The Miracle Morning, right? If a person says, I don't get along with people, I have an issue with people, I say Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If somebody says, um, I'm having a problem with my integrity, with understanding like the basics, I say The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If somebody says, I have an issue with performance, I say The Three Laws of Performance. I have an issue finding meaning. Like there's so many books that I can literally say, these are the staples. If somebody's like, I, I don't know how to build my desire or even get past my fears, I say, just read Think and Grow Rich, The 13 Principles of Success. Just read that. That book is like a mouthful. Spend a year reading that. Focus on that. See what see how your life changes. Powerful stuff. Absolutely. The coolest thing about living in Brooklyn. The coolest thing about living in Brooklyn is that you're always afraid that you might get mugged no matter where you are. So you always have to be heightenedly aware. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how weird are you? I am 1001. Got it. <laughs> okay. But enjoying every moment and the passion is fantastic. Every moment. I'm a weirdo. Okay. Fair enough. And last, uh, your morning routine. Let's go back to that for a second. Shirt, pants, and socks. Which one goes on first? Shirt. Okay, me, me the same. All right, Joe, I'm passing on the, uh, the, the mic to you to give us one last uh, walkthrough, so to speak, about your work, where people could reach you, and how to connect with you further. So if you want to reach me, you can go to my website, joeapfelbaum.com. I send a newsletter every single week on Sunday, so you can sign up to the newsletter there. You can take the goal-setting course, uh, joeapfelbaum.com slash goals. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me that you saw me on the podcast because I have over a thousand people waiting to connect with me. So I choose the people that actually send me messages or that write where they saw me and that they're a fan and so on and so forth. Connect with me on Facebook and so on. And just send me an email. Let me know what you think about this stuff. Let me know how I can support you, how I can add value to your life. For me, I'm all about serving. And if you have a B2B company and you want to learn more about digital marketing strategy, Visit www.ajaxunion.com because we have this great, great offering for marketing directors. Fantastic. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for one last lesson. You've given us so much already, but I'm sure you've got something in your back pocket that you haven't yet shared that could really end this show on a high. If you are having a lack of power, a lack of freedom, a lack of joy in your life, go find somebody else that doesn't have that and give it to them. When you give others the opportunity to create happiness for you, you always fail. But when instead you go and create happiness for yourself and happiness for others, then you're the king. Then you're the most powerful person in the world. Then you become a little more like God. So go out, create love, create joy, be yourself, connect with somebody else and give others what you want and you will be able to live a more powerful, more productive and more meaningful life so that you can get motivated. Unbelievable. You absolutely slammed that one out of the park, Joe. This has been such a thrill for me. I really, really appreciate you making the time. And I know we've just gotten to know each other, but I'm super hopeful that we can deepen our relationship moving forward and that I can continue to gain from your wisdom and your inspiration and your leadership. Thank you very much. Really, really proud of being on this. Really proud of speaking to you. Thank you. I'm humbled. We'll talk very soon. You got it. Today's leadership quote is from Peter Drucker. Effective leadership is not about making speeches or being liked. Leadership is defined by results, not attributes. 
thank you so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you can lead to succeed. Before you go, don't forget to pick up your copy of Becoming the New Boss on Amazon. Learn more about the book at becomingthenewboss.com. And if you already got your copy, please be sure to leave a comment and a review on Amazon. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.